Welcome to Our Connected World, a podcast series from TE Connectivity featuring straight talk for engineers about today's technology trends and the technical challenges in driving innovations crucial to making the world safer, sustainable, productive, and connected. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Connected World, a podcast from TE Connectivity. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, we are talking about cobots, and we're going to be talking about some of the advantages they bring, what they bring to the manufacturing process, and so, so much more. And joining me here on the show today, we are thrilled to welcome Alex Mege. He is the Chief Technology Officer for the Industrial Business Unit at TE. Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Tyler, and thanks for having me here. Excited to be here. Well, we are very excited and honored to have you on the show here today, Alex. And so thank you so much for, for joining us. So Alex, kick us off today. Tell us what cobots are and how they're different than robots in the context of industrial manufacturing. So everybody's familiar with the huge robots, which uh, you normally see in large manufacturing plants. So handling weights of hundreds and plus kilograms. Cobots on the other side, they're much more compact. So think of them as an... Uh, mechanical arm, which can operate in very, very tight spaces. And typically they they can handle the weights from several hundred of grams up to several kilograms. And this is where they come into place, into the work. So wherever, where we have relatively small, um, small masses to be moved next to a person working on a factory floor, this is the place where cobots thrive. So, in terms of pictures, just imagine Cobot is a, an arm, typically with six drones, and just working next to a human being. That's fascinating. And and one of the other things I think people are, are, are going to be curious about is whether or not Cobots and conventional industrial robots can cooperate within the same manufacturing facility. And if so, what sorts of factors and things need to be addressed in order to make this happen? Generally, the large robots, they work in, in a called cage, right? So just for safety reasons, because they're that strong. The cobots mm-hmm. typically operate in an open environment or a semi-protected environment, uh, where basically uh, sensors m- make sure that nobody is hurt. In terms of collaboration between huge robots and small robots, this usually happens only in the situations where smaller robots, or small cobots in this case, just pick and place material for further processing with larger robots. So this is one piece. But really, just uh, getting back to the uh, introduction, where cobots really thrive is complementing or or working with people together. So that some repetitive tasks, typical example would be pick and place, just picking one part of, uh, of equipment, moving this around to the next part. This is one piece. And another big, really big advantage of a cobot is the flexibility. So ideally, you would be able to program the cobot to change the tasks to be done within ideally minutes, which is not really possible with the larger robots. That's that's really really fascinating and very interesting and and I think that flexibility is obviously something that is that is important and and that provides so many different use cases like you mentioned and I'm curious you know from your perspective what advantages uh, manufacturing companies can gain from using cobots uh, you know and and how cobots can help small and medium sized businesses especially the keyword is SME small and medium sized enterprises 
this is where cobots are really spot on. And just to give you an example, okay, tea is not really SME, but we do have also mid-sized uh, factories where initially we had either fixed lines to transport components from one working station to another, or even human beings. And this is uh, the same as for smaller factories at tea, but also for SMEs out there, once again, the flexibility pays huge, huge role. So it means in one, one day, this robot can basically pick and place from one working space to another. Then you change what we call end of arm tool. And the next day it can start drilling components. And the third day it will have, a, let's say, pneumatic gripper once again, once again transport, uh, transporting subcomponents to, let's say, in, um, an assembly station. And another, so in the final piece also just getting to this flexibility, also now an example from TE factory where we have fully automated lines. And at one point of, uh, point of time, you need once again, pick uh, manufacturing uh, finished goods and pack them into a tray. In former days, it would be either semi-automated or even manually. Now we can use cobots uh, to pick the uh, finished goods put it into a bag as an example, close the bag and uh, transport it to the final destination. So once mm -hmm. again, flexibility, 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 not only in terms of size, but also processes these cobots can, uh, or operations these cobots can process. And last but not least, the software flexibility. So reprogramming within dozen of minutes. Excellent, excellent stuff. You know, and, and you mentioned earlier on, Alex, that um, these cobots can operate side by side with humans. So, how do cobots help keep human workers safe when they're working in such close proximity? Um, very good question, and this is uh, probably one of the major issues or challenges cobot manufacturer do address. So, the first part, what you do, if there is shouldn't be any access to cobalt, so there is no operating area. It is typically secured by mechanical means, called a cage or just uh, the body mechanical one. And then there are sensors, so be it, be it light curtain, so just uh, normal what everybody knows uh, from elevator doors. As soon as you put an object or an, a hand, so robot stops immediately. And then there is a third, even Next one, level of security. Each cobot typically has got so-called torque sensor within the joints. As soon as resistance becomes too high, robots or cobots programming stops. Hmm. Stop the movement so that nobody is injured. But this is really the last level of defense. So once again, three level of defense. Mechanical, light curtains, so external. Uh, uh, software by, uh, so by sensor and software means, and the final is uh, by by the cobot itself. Excellent, excellent, and, and that that's that's really incredible to me to to have these these cobots that can work side by side alongside human beings in these facilities. I, I think that's really fantastic. And and Alex, you told us a little bit about how TE actually uses cobots in your manufacturing operations. I was wondering if you can give us a little bit more detail on how TE has integrated cobots into your manufacturing process. So we, we do have several, actually, many locations uh, using cobots. And I just give you a couple of examples from different factors. In our factory in, in Mexico, in Hermosillo, we use it for packing. So where formerly we used human humans making uh, manufacturing 
step in terms of picking the finished finished goods, putting putting in back, sealing the back, putting it into the um, into a box. This is now automated, and automation doesn't mean that we remove the work from people. We just also uh, automation means most uh, most of foremost is the improvement of the quality, so that we don't forget anything. Especially repetitive work is nothing you would like to do for more than a couple of hours. So this is in uh, in Hemisphere. In North America, another factory I mentioned before, where we move, pick and place, uh, put some semi-finished wood from one working station to the next one. And there, uh, I was in that factory by myself uh, back in December, you handle pretty hot pieces. So basically from brazing to the next manufacturing step. Cobots are used to transform, to basically to move these parts, avoiding any injuries by burn. So it's in this case, we really protect the human being. Mm. Another example is where in the factory in Germany, we use cobots to, uh, to perform assembly of our connectors. So it means there are a lot of different parts coming together and cobot performs the uh, semi-automated or automated assembly of our connectors. Where Otherwise, you would be using uh, human beings by doing this manually. So this gives you already a range of flexibility where we can, uh, we can already utilizing cobots. And especially in the last example, this is where space is extremely constrained. So the, literally, it is a fixed gauge with some glass windows and different components uh, moving around and Cobot picks one after another and com um, assembles this, this to a finished good or to, to a finished connector. That's fantastic. And, and it's it's great to see TE um, doing what you're talking about, practicing what you preach and utilizing Cobots in your own manufacturing factoring process, I think is, is absolutely fantastic. So tell me a little bit more about how TE technology uh, helps customers build more robust Cobots. How, how is TE really enabling that? Uh, excellent question, because in terms of cobots, we're playing two roles. On one side, we're customer, so utilizing the finished cobots in our factories and optimize uh, the processes and make our work uh, or making the work of our employees and workers on the shop floor much, much safer. This is one piece of our work. Another piece, we provide um, connectors, cables, mm -hmm. and sensors into these robots. The sensors are typically provided by our sister business unit, so TE sensor solutions. And there is an example, this torque sensor, which I mentioned before. This is one of the components which used directly in many, many robots. Industrial BU provides solutions in the area of uh, connectivity, so harsh connectivity within cobot arm, but also in the control box where many of our connectors are being used. So as, as you see, every cobalt manufacturer it, on one side is our customer, on the other side also our supplier. And this mm. is sometimes very interesting to see uh, staying on a factory floor say, hey, I know this cobalt is using our connector, but that cobalt is also manufacturing almost the same connector. So it's uh, called literally a circular economy in this case, or manufacturing <laughs> in the Middle East. <laughs> 
That's a great point. I, I, I like how you described that. Uh, so tell me a little bit more about some of the engineering challenges in developing Cobot functionality that, that you're seeing that manufacturers need and increasingly expect from their Cobots. What, what are some of the engineering challenges? The one thing is each Cobot, especially at the end of ARM, getting more and more complex grippers, so basically tools mm -hmm. which handle components as an example, but also the sensing elements. So cameras, sensors, uh, you name them. So all these, especially the uh, the, the electrical uh, electrical driven grippers and the sensing elements needs different type of connectivity. So it means different types of connectors providing data, power, and signals to the end of arm. So th this is one piece. Another piece uh, what is very, very often overlooked is how do we pull cables outside of the arm because the place within the arm is very restricted and outside. And this is where I personally have seen a lot of requests saying, hey guys, I do have wonderful sensor at the end of my arm and I've got already customers interested, but all the cables break after, let's say, a couple of weeks or at least a couple of months. Mm -hmm. So can you help us? And this is not only know-how in the sensing, uh, in the uh, connector area, but also the know-how in terms of how to connect to a cable, cable assembly, how to pull the cables along the arm. This is where T-Connectivity provides its expertise. So this is one typically, let's say, pure mechanical piece. Another piece is, think about uh, the following. So the data which is needed to transform from a PLC, so controlling unit on the factory floor to the robots. This getting, let's say, more in, uh, the data throughput is higher and higher. But then at the end, there is a lot of sensors which needs to be connected as well. And there is an area where TE is one of the driving forces in the automation market, uh, what we call single-pay Ethernet. SPE is the technology which we, uh, let's say, introduced 2019, I believe, with a couple of our competitors to provide Ethernet connectivity only over two cables, so two cables or two wires instead of normally eight. So this reduces the complexity and also improves or gives flexibility not only to the cobot manufacturer, but especially to the users of cobots in the factory environment. So this is another one on, quote, in the area of industrial communication, where it is one of the driving forces on the market. Yeah, I, want, I wanted to ask about single-payer Ethernet um, because I, I do think this is a really important um, important topic and important thing to cover. So um, you mentioned a little bit more about the, the advantages that are provided there. What do you think will be the long-term impact uh, of single-payer Ethernet and what it will do to the development of future Cobot technologies? This is a very good question, especially here, in order to answer this, I would like to step back a bit and look at the overall architecture or automation architecture in a factory and the trends which were observed there. So generally, uh, the trend is going from one big, huge actual production line to multiple decentralized cells. Hmm. So in each cells will perform certain tasks allowing for flexibility to either stop material transfer, uh, transfer. If one cell breaks down, there is a possibility to repair it or basically bring it back online without stopping the overall uh, structure or overall factory or the entire factory. So it means 
there is an um, a trend to decentralization and uh, the other trend is sensing a lot a lot a lot of sensors so and those sensors have to be very flexible some of the sensors will use mobile technology but mobile technology currently uh, or wireless technology currently in a, on a factory floor suffers from one restriction once we get above uh, once we get the number of the sensors or communicating device above a th certain threshold we'll get what what you experience in a in a busy airport just drop connections which is an absolute no-go uh, in a factory and this is where spe would jump in because it uses simplified um wiring so only two wires which can go from 40 meters so up to 40 meters for a very high data throughput up to 100 meters for a bit lower throughput but which is still very more than sufficient for um or bandwidth is more than sufficient for for the sensors and having things flexibility getting from wireless to wired spe and where you have standard connectors at the end where you can connect uh, sensors as you need them so this is where i believe and um, i'm convinced that sp will play a big big role I also want to focus in on one other trend that we're seeing, and that is the trend of miniaturization. Uh, what is that trend having? Uh, what, what impact is that trend having on the Cobots market? And how is TE responding to this trend of, of miniaturization? So there are two aspects to this, as, as, as usual, as always. On one side, miniaturization in terms of that Cobots have to handle smaller and smaller products. Mm-hmm. This obviously drives that the end of arm tools or grippers, they have to be much more flexible and much smaller. So this is one piece. Uh, another piece is um, the space within cobots or within the control units of cobots is very, very constrained. And this, once again, where T comes in with the miniaturized connectors. We have already series of connectors or connector product lines which uh, we can utilize within control units, so the so-called board-to-board connectors, but also within the cobots. And also miniaturized connectors are very important in the area where you need to trans uh, transfer a lot of data, especially what we call real-time data, so relatively uh, quick uh, data packages, or basically quick data packages where timing between the packages or timing between the signals is very very important and this way we do have a, a pretty dedicated product line so called high speed board to board connectivity connect, uh, connectivity solutions uh, which we provide with shielded with shielding and without shielding just to improve emi so electromagnetic interference um, compatibility well, Alex, as we begin to wrap up our conversation today, I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball. What do you foresee as the big trends in enabling the factory of the future? What do you see uh, as you gaze into that uh, that technological uh, crystal ball? Well, you, you know, probably know the thing, I'm just paraphrasing somebody very important who said, well, whatever your prediction is, it's probably well, highly probably wrong. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, the trends personally see uh, materializing with the, let's say, probability higher than 50%. The one I already mentioned, decentralization mm -hmm. of, on the factory floor. So this is one. Um, another one is speaking about cobots, that cobots will become more and more ubiquitous. 
not only on the factory floor, but also in other areas. You probably saw just medical, in medical environments and the hospital environment, cobots which help patients during rehabilitation to making the life of uh, uh, physicians a bit, bit easier. Let's say rehabilitation, repeating certain movement when, uh, for example, after your knee, knee, uh, knee surgery. So this is another one which is already in place. So what I see also the um, there is already starting COVID being used in surgeries in medical devices, but also there are perhaps um, perhaps you are going to have a cobot uh, in your kitchen helping you as a, let's say to make your dishes. Let's say everything is possible from that uh, from that sense. But I think the driving force would be uh, the factories because there is a huge demand for automation. Especially if you look step back and once again the uh, mega trends. The population on this planet is getting older. We don't have enough workers to on factories or doing repetitive work, nor should, uh, nor is this work very attractive. And this way, specifically, cobots will jump in. And once again, the main advantage of cobots is the flexibility, how I see it. Well, if we could get cobots in the kitchen, that would be a good thing for me. I need all the help I can get uh, in, in that area for sure. Alex Mega, uh, Chief Technology Officer for the Industrial Business Unit at TE Connectivity. Alex, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today and sharing more about the world of cobots and everything going on, uh, the exciting developments that are taking place and what the future holds. Alex, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And it was a pleasure speaking with you, Tyler. Absolutely. Thank you once again for joining us here on the show. And everyone out there, thank you for tuning into this episode of Connected World, a podcast brought to you by TE Connectivity. Of course, for more, you can always go to te.com to stay up to date with the latest from TE and also to learn more about the solutions that we discussed here on the podcast today. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest. Best way to do that is to go to your favorite podcast provider and find the podcast and hit subscribe. That way you get the latest episodes right there on your device and stay tuned. We'll be back soon with more episodes of the show. But for this one, for Alex Mega, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you for tuning into our conversation. You can learn more about the solutions we discussed today by visiting te.com, where you can connect with our engineer support teams and sign up for Circuit, our monthly trends newsletter featuring a selection of articles on tech innovation written by engineers for engineers. To find out more, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts, as well as LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, think big, move fast, and make every connection count.